0: Welcome to the 11th episode, Season 3 we keep going French now, of Born in Trouble. I'm your host. It's the menage John- season. John X. Yes, it's the menage season. You know, the, um, there's a whole bunch of, you know, all the heat right now. And I haven't been outside because I hurt myself as we were just talking about a second ago. And my lady was like, everybody's walking around with everything hanging out and everything. You'd be sad. Cause you know, the first time they come out after the summertime, everybody wants to yeah. you know, yeah, everybody wants to, to show off. off. Time to cut loose and everything. I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. From Detroit, owner of City Wings. Two eight nine six West Grand Boulevard, Detroit,
1: Michigan. Come down and get you some.
0: Come get you some, Mister Grant
1: Fantastic. Yeah, yes, sir. Man. How you feel, brother? Besides uh,
0: injury, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, brother. You know, I actually took this this um, hiatus that we had last week. Mm-hmm. I figured that we've probably we're about a quarter of the into the season, so we took the hiatus. We're one of the more consistent podcasts out there We did damn near 50 episodes last year so And we always have something to talk about Or something to say I felt like this was a good week That we took off I'm glad that we took last week off With everything that happened in Buffalo um, Everything that was going on Period in the world It was like a good time to get away from Media and people And kind of Re-energize and re-inv- re-invigorate So I'm feeling yeah. good, you know So physically I'm probably about My foot is probably about 90% The rest of me is 100% And spiritually I'm at 1000% So There it is So it's just me and you this week Mr. Lancaster Mr. Brooks is out there working for the man I need to get me a slave whip So that, that way, way I, I good job. <laughs> can Huh
1: Working for the, he left a good job in the city working for the man every night and day.
0: That's right. I know you listen, Rob. I know you're listening. So yeah, he won't be here. And I just heard from Gene. You know, Gene is in the middle of his big of his big changeover right now, and he just stated that he's in the process of. Loading pods up and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. he won't be joining us this week. And I could have went, I should have probably got this one of our contributors to come in, but that's kind of part of the piece of like not being in the podcast world for a little while. I stayed away from the apps this week, the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I just really, um. and I worked on my business. I've got this real estate. I've got a couple of real estate deals that I need to close everything like opened up and I'm really pushing to get those things done and hopefully they will get done pretty soon. I needed to focus on that. It's a different mindset than speaking about what we speak about here, having jokes and spirituality, you kind of got to put on right. your serious cap. You know how yeah, it is. You yeah. definitely know how it is.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a good, it was a good time to take a break. You know, the, the baby girl, well, I guess I, well, I mean, I, she always going to be the baby girl, but she graduated from a uh, college with her bachelor's. That's uh, too that, That's what's up. So that's why I'm just showed in. Um, you know, we gotta get her she starts grad school in uh in the fall in Atlanta, so we gotta get her moved and all that kind of stuff. So it's it, it was good it was a good time to take a break for me too. Plus, you know, work and everything. All all three of my parents were together. oh. Which Uh oh which, <laughs> which,
0: which was just bonkers, dude. Like it's Hold like, on, that's the wrong one. That's a <laughs> it's like, oh,
1: like, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's so funny, bro. Like I was, I was thirteen all over again for the whole weekend that we was down. There. Like everything was my fault. <laughs> yeah. You trying,
0: trying
1: to move all these people? So these, these eight year olds man just don't they don't function the way you need them to function <laughs> <laughs> they all the time. <laughs> you know like you trying to you trying to get something to eat and, you know one don't like don't like this place or whatever I mean it's just
0: awesome. oh man
1: and like I said everything everything at, at the end of the day was my fault
0: yeah well you know what so it's what I, fo- I love it. it's funny when you know your brothers for like decades and decades and you know the family and stuff like that so I I know exactly as soon as you said that I already know what the dynamic is (laughs) if you if it was if you had grown up now you might be angry and aggressed and everything by it but you can't you don't have the opportunity to act out in that way because like we grew up in the in the 80s and the 70s so even at your age you can still get smacked upside the head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, know? yeah you still get told to shut the fuck up. It's still, still. You know, I mean? like, you know what I'm saying? Still get called to go get a glass of water.
0: You know, I'm a fireman. Well, <laughs> give me some water. And put this, put this thirst fire that's going on in my mouth out. You know. You know, I own my own restaurant now. Yeah, and you still can't cook for shit. It's just like, you just get. It's like they just kill you.
1: Yeah, they yeah, kill you. Everything,
0: man. It's they, they kill you, but you know what? It's a blessing. You got three parents. I wish that my parents were still around. You know, even the grumpy guy that used to yell all the time and everything. You oh, know, X was classic, man. yeah, Mr. X, Mr. X was definitely. Hmm. Yeah, he was a classic. He was on some different stuff, but you know, God bless them, Mister, and, Mister, and Mrs. Mary, Mary, and John, John and Mary. My parents' names were John and Mary. How fucking generic can you get at that point in time in life?
1: <laughs> right. You know,
0: two people from the deep south named John and Mary in the seventies. These people, are like, what does that mean? Because that's basically those were the names. Right. Really, so, yeah, that's right. rest in peace. Yeah, the-
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, Miss Mr. <laughs> Mister Mrs. Exum, man, they were they were awesome people, man. Mister Exum was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's throwing mom, that word man. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your mom's man was like, you know, another mother. You know what I'm saying? Man. Like Like your mom's, Brian's mom's, it was just like it was family everywhere. You know what I mean? It yeah. was It was that kind of community thing that was happening. Yeah. I mean, I knew I couldn't come to your house and bug out. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like y'all I couldn't come to my house and bug out because it was going to be some consequences repercussions for anything to happen. Mm-hmm. It's funny, man. Like, I, I stopped up at City Wings yesterday. I took uh They had career day at the school, so I took the babies up there. Um, Layla and one of her classmates, I took them up there to get some wings or whatever. They had done a good job. So they wanted some wings, so we stopped up there. And I'm talking to my man... Carlton, who works there, Carlton is seventy something years old, but he's still working up there. You know, okay. I've known Carlton twenty five years. That's what took. And uh, we talking, man, about this generation. Mm. You know, and he's like, I, I don't understand your cousins. Sometimes my cousins who kind of run the store, right. it's like I don't understand them sometimes why they don't take advantage. They don't recognize what they have, so they don't take advantage of it the way that he feels that they should. So we talking about it, talking about it. and I'm like, this is what I came to understand or what I'm coming to understand is that this generation here, everything has been made easy for them. Right. Mm. Everything has been made easy. Parents give them everything. Everything is at their fingertips. There's no there's no pushback. Right. So any, anything that they get, it's just to them, it's just what they're supposed to have. Well, you know what
0: I'm saying. I'm gonna say that that's partially true, but it, it, there's a reason for it, and it's like they've been led to the slaughter to a certain extent. Oh, no question. You know, it's like the the reason why they feel like they wanted them to feel like they should have. People think that when you get everything given to you, that it's actually a gift, but actually, it's a it's a handicap. If you don't have to okay. go out and you don't have to struggle for certain things. And you don't have to learn. You don't have to work. You don't understand the value of different things. That's one of the things I tried to install in my son. And he didn't really react to it too well because of the fact that a lot of other people don't go through that. Didn't have to go through that. Or his right. perception is, or their perception is, I should say, is that if, you're, if your parents weren't rich and don't spoil you, then they did you wrong. That's abuse. Right. And that's part of what's happening With all these kids that are out here Shooting these schools up So we're going to get kind of into it And we're going to start Since we were off last week We're going to definitely talk about Buffalo And of course I'm going to talk about Buffalo first Because those were my peers and elders That were taken out You know, Mm -hmm. by this inconsequential um, Inadequate man Young man and why is he feeling so inconsequential and so inadequate? Inadequate. Why is he being led to this position that he would write a treatise? I didn't read what he wrote. Did you read what he wrote? No, sir.
1: I didn't read what he wrote. I didn't watch the video. Yeah, it's not... I, I don't, I, to me, I'm not going to gain any more information <clears throat> seeing the video, and I'm not going to gain any more information reading what he wrote.
0: Yeah, it's I won't say that it's heartbreaking I will say that it's telling There's a lot of things that came out of that Buffalo shooting Especially when they start talking about How the city is constructed and condensed The fact that he live streamed it And he told people And there were people that were actually watching it live As it happened and occurred Um, These are blueprints For what you do for in major cities That have large black populations that are condensed in certain areas and it's odd how like you condense these people in this area because you want to quote-unquote keep property values down and as a realtor i understand what redlining is and redlining is simply the practice of you don't show these people properties that are outside of this block in this strict street and district and you move them all towards these different neighborhoods in these areas. And now redlining is actually being used against us to plan these strategic attacks by people that aren't so bright. It doesn't take you to be pretty, it doesn't take you to be a genius to figure out how to go about doing it. And then you've got this guy coming in, he's speaking reckless to the manager. You can't call the police and get him up out of there before that time Me as a black person If I were to go over to Northport or um, Smithtown Or one of these other areas And I was to walk in there and start saying Why do you gotta, why he's gonna pay? Why are you looking at these old crackers? For example, you know, look at you, you cracker Police are gonna come <laughs> They're gonna take me out Pretty quickly, and they're going to give me a pretty stern warning about not showing up there again. And if I show up there again, then they might take me out in the woods someplace and do whatever to make sure to deter me from returning. Now, at least that's the way it used to work. These are not options that were available to the police in that area. Or to the people to protect themselves in that area, and you had sent that video earlier today with that young lady. What was that young lady's name? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I didn't. I don't know that her name was in the video, um, mm-hmm. but she was talking about a brother that died and um, brother that was murdered in uh, Grand Rapids, Layala. Like yeah,
0: it was something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was talking about him and just uh, her whole. I mean, the thing was from what I. Uh saw she was like thirteen years old or fifteen years old or whatever however old she was she's a young person very eloquent still in middle school very eloquent yeah, she was still in middle school and um her whole perspective was just that we rely on uh as a young person her perspective was she can't vote
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, so when people are in office, she has no choice but to rely on them to do the right thing
0: she has mm-hmm. when, you,
1: when you see when you see a murder and you allow that murderer to go free, mm-hmm. right for whatever reason, at some point you become complicit, right? right. You become an, an accomplice at some point. From um, the mouths so, of babes, yeah, yeah. She she was she was dealt with it, man. And it's you know it's sad, man. Just the way that we are taken out by the by the police by citizens by each other the way that black people are just always hunted Mm. in this country by everybody
0: right now here's the real scoop and the real the real deal i'm gonna go back to the 1970s the vice lords in chicago for example That gang was started to Empower the communities in Chicago Empower the peoples in Chicago And at a certain point That gang even got so much political They got so much power That they actually had political power And seats within the city of Chicago They were able to appoint people To jobs that were normal Paying jobs And this was one of the problems This was the main problem That they had in Chicago at that time The fact that political power was being exerted by black people in black neighborhoods and it wasn't just people who had gone away to college who were going to Chicago University one of the finest universities in the country or going away to Howard and coming back there or going to um, Morehouse and coming back into the city these were regular street people that had organized to the point where they were gaining actual political power and those people policed their own streets There was, this is like, we're talking about pre-drug money Where, you know, big drug money Heroin was always a problem in inner cities It's always been a problem around the world Everybody takes heroin, it doesn't matter what your race is But they actually empowered themselves They took their own agency into their own hands And it took people that were regular street people In order to make that happen And to make that progress and become a reality You look at the situation, now we fast forward and we move it over to Buffalo and we look at that situation. This dude was basically stalking that parking lot for two weeks. Right. Do you think, even if there was the will or there was the understanding, say there was the organization amongst the people to understand, like, yo, this is a, just like when you have gang truces, certain areas become zones where Mm -hmm. it's free reign zone. Right. Could you have had somebody come up there and say, hey, look, get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? We don't want you here like they did in the 70s. You would never have. It's like, I guess if their ancestors were sitting there, KKK and things of that nature before that time, they weren't trying to sit around and stalk in the black neighborhoods like that because there were some real serious dudes that would come and they would take you and they would remove you from up out of the community. Right. You can't do that now. And the reason why you can't do that is one of the greatest advances of the world is technology and video cameras. Mm -hmm. So despite the fact that, so this man was actually essentially allowed to sit there and write down, take down notes, write down times of people coming back and forth, establish a pattern of what was going on, and then get in there and kill every elder that he could possibly find. The youngest person that was killed, I believe, was 32 years old. These are cowards. Yeah. Well, These are yeah. cowards. Absolutely, I mean, without a ambush. doubt. Without a it's doubt. an
1: ambush yeah. at a grocery store. Right. You know what I mean? So, as a person who carries, right, as a person who carries a weapon, um, if I'm in the grocery store and somebody just come in and start letting off, I, I, I mean... If I get hit, what can I do? You right. Know what I mean, like my weapon does me no good in in a in an ambush situation. Mm-hmm. And this is always this is always the thing about being a person that carries a weapon. In any ambush situation, you probably still gonna lose. Yes. Even if you're carrying the weapon. Yes. Right? Because you're ambushed. You're not. You're not prepared. It's one thing for me to be. It's one thing for somebody to come up. Aggressively talking shit, you know, wolfing whatever, whatever. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But somebody, for me to be walking down the street and for somebody to just out their window shoot me,
0: right? <laughs> like, yeah, right.
1: The, the gun on my waist does me no good.
0: Does you no good whatsoever?
1: Yeah, and, and that's, that's what, and that's a, That's exactly this situation. It's an ambush. There's no, there's no. I know he's he's gonna plead insanity, blah blah blah. There's no reasonable jury and judge that should allow this man that this man he should have been murdered on the scene he should mm. have been killed by the police mm. or by someone else in the community on on the on the uh new jack city tip like my, the old dude the old dude at the end of the movie that shot the old boy yeah shot wesley snipes character
0: yeah you know you meld the two conversations the young lady in michigan That's addressing the school board, and she was stating straight up, like, you're the school board. First of all, I'm a teenager. You have my agency. You have control over my agency and my rights. This is the only place where I can come out and I can speak truth to power in this situation right here. And that's exactly what she was taking the liberty to do. She was speaking truth Mm -hmm. to power in that moment. But she was saying, look, you're supposed to be protecting me. I don't trust you. I don't trust the police that are over here. These are the children. This is what the children see. They see that you are not trustworthy. You are not, you're not someone that we should look up to more honor or respect in any way, shape or form. So when people say that you should honor the police and you should respect the police, they have to remember that these are the impressions of, on minds that are newly being newly formed, essentially, the opinions of an seven or eight or a nine year old is different than a ten eleven when you start to become cognizant and realize, "Oh, this is what the world is really about, and this is what's going on, and they're teaching them that their power and their might is what's actually right, so you flip that and you take that situation and you look at it in terms of buffalo you don't have any power those people are essentially were essentially neutered you're neutered by the fact that you can't protect your own neighborhood how eric garner was killed they say for selling loose cigarettes but the real story was that he had broken up a fight he had broken up a fight a couple of like an hour or 50 minutes earlier and then the police came and they asked him questions and they ended up putting him in the chokehold, and we all know how that ends up and how that that was the beginning of the media. I won't say it was the beginning of the killings, but I will say that it was the beginning of the media coverage of all of this police against black males that we were seeing everywhere. And essentially what he was doing and what happened in that situation and everything was that, in a way, he was protecting his neighborhood. If he's in a different area, he's, look... You guys having this fight here in front of all these people, police should be actually appreciating something like that. Sure, he's doing something illegal, but you know what? We're talking about police work here. You're talking about a group of people that, like, goes and hangs out with mobsters for long periods of time. And, you know, as long as they they ran the numbers, they know the local number runner, for example, in those neighborhoods out in Queens, for example. I don't want to disparage any groups whatsoever but they know who that group is and they kept everything in line at the same time. So you're not disparaging these people because they make your job easier. But this guy who's selling these loose cigarettes, you want to take him out of the situation because you have to be the only force and the only authority within that area. And when the authority, so you're expecting us to respect and honor the police, But when the police don't respect and honor their job and do it on a basis that you're basically protecting people, because no matter what, there's always gray areas and everything. But the whole point of police, ideally, is to keep public spaces safe, to keep public interactions. In theory, in theory,
1: right? Yeah, in theory, true. This is... But the the, pro- the problem is the 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 execution of it is not that the training for it is not that you know what I mean like the the execution of it is to keep certain people in certain places mm. right to right. keep poor people in in their places not to allow them because uh, the police. If you have nothing, if, if you're poor, you don't have anything really, right? I mean, like you don't have the diamonds, the artwork, the furs, the, you know, fancy cars, et cetera, et cetera. So if you don't have that stuff, what is it to protect, right? Mm. Like what are, what are the police protecting if they're, besides possibly your life? And I don't even know how gung-ho they are to protect your life because police don't show up until after shit is generally over.
0: That's generally what they're supposed to do. They record.
1: So I tell all my people, if you ever get in trouble, you never call the police. You always call the fire department because the fire department is coming right now. Mm. Right? And people don't know the difference in sirens. right? Right, They see sirens, they see lights, they hear somebody coming, you know, the sirens are going pretty much in whatever's happening.
0: See, that's a crazy thought because we're gonna yeah. we're we're gonna move on. God bless the people and those families in Buffalo. I'm not gonna say that, no prayers, hopes, and prayers and everything. The gun, this gun shit is way out of control, and it's got nothing to do with the number of guns. It's a it got everything thing to do with what's in people's hearts at this point in time because it's really about your behavior. And now we're going to talk about the behavior of what happened in Houston with these kids, these elementary kids that were murdered. Once again, we're not going to talk about this inconsequential individual who went and did these acts because he was feeling aggressed in some sort of way. We're not going to talk about the failure of the systems on many levels for all of these people, or maybe we will in a second. But what I want to talk about right now is in terms of policing. There have been reports all this week about what actually transpired there. This is a largely Hispanic community and everything in Texas and largely Hispanic police force in Texas. And some of the police officers had children who actually attended the school. I don't know if you heard this, but... The entire interaction was something like 90 minutes. And you could actually literally watch the video and hear them shooting people, hear them shooting people in the school. And the voices going out and people really crying in regards to what was going on at that point. So police officers came on the scene and the ones that had kids in the school went into the school and retrieved their kids, got them out safely. And never engage the shooter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: These are the people that are supposed to protect you. I I was just thinking like every movie that you've ever seen. When a police officer was given an assignment to protect somebody he didn't want to protect. It just blows lethal, lethal Weapon 2 out the fucking window with Joe Pesci. You know, right. because who's going to, you know, this is the reality of what police police officers aren't going to risk their lives and get shot at for you because they won't even do it for kids for children Mhm How is that? How do you walk into a building and save your your daughter and leave her best friend cowering behind the desk?
1: Right. It I don't know, man. Like the, the weakness of us um, is just becoming, it's becoming more and more pronounced. You know, I think for, for lack of a better term, natural selection needs to take place. Mm. And so that, so we need to get rid of these, roots. you know what I mean? Um, you know, Bitch acidness is a weakness. Yes. Whatever and and whatever the weakness is, if if so when things become imprinted on our DNA and they just pass to the next generation and next generation and next generation, it just becomes more the same on a bigger scale. And that's where we are now, man. Like, like you gotta some some of these people should have been ended a long time ago.
0: B, how are you going to explain to me really about morality and, you know, respect? How can people really respect you because you carry a badge when we know that when the pressure comes on? I know hitters in the street that got more heart than them dudes that are wearing these uniforms. They're very brave when they're walking up to your car. With the fucking pad in their hand and in their hands on their guns, asking you for your license and your registration. Very fucking strong when people like that Mr. Scott down in South Carolina, when the cop pulled him over, brought him to the park and told him, okay, run for your life. Mm -hmm. This is the character. It's like, when are people going to start recognizing that there is a serious character issue? With people who are taking these municipal jobs, and I'm not saying, like, listen, you're a municipal worker. You're a firefighter. You're a firefighter. Gene is a former police officer. I really wish Gene would have been here today because I really would have liked to have asked him because I know he probably would have went the fuck off on a lot of things that happened there. But instead of these police officers getting in there and getting in a fight for the souls and for the lives of these children— they were pinning down parents who were trying to remove their kids from the school. This is Texas, an open carry state. Okay? A good guy with a gun. They didn't want no good guys with the gun. They didn't want to go in them go in there in themselves. And they're paid and pensioned and respected and expected. To handle certain things because they are the paid good guys with the gun. And to read stories of mothers who were handcuffed, let loose, and then go around the school, jump over a fence, jump, climb into a window to retrieve her two children and leave. This woman didn't get paid by the city, but it shows you the value of police Why are they fucking overfunding These people Why do we need more of those People we don't need more of those People they need to deal with the Character issues they have in police Forces across the country First
1: Absolutely. Well it's, it's, it's not just To be fair it's not just Police forces so Every uh, Every career Is sort of a microcosm of society. So let's say there's 10% of the the population that's gay, right? Let's just say 10% of the police department is going to be gay. 10% of the fire department is going to be gay. You you feel what I'm saying? I feel you. So whatever the the anomaly in the person is that permeates our society, is going to permeate every... It's going to be inside of every career that's out there. Policemen, fire, EMS... Like first responders. To me, as a first responder, to me, you have to be held to a higher standard. Thank you. You And you, you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. And then the people that you work for should also hold you to a higher standard.
0: You want to hear right. something? So, OK, go ahead. Go ahead. No, nah, but let me can I, let me just interrupt for one second. You want to hear something crazy? Why I never considered joining the police off, um, department? Because, as you know, one of our one of my former friends, one of your you know associates and everything, his father was a police officer. Guy worked in the city, worked Forty Second Street. I remember one day he came home with a bag of coins and everything, a whole bunch of quarters. It was like hundreds of dollars in quarters and everything. And he was like, "You guys go out and have a good time." So the only place you can really get rid of hundreds of dollars of quarters is the same place he probably got them from. God, like, bless his soul. He had his issues, too. But in that case, in that instance, that was a good thing that he did with us. Or maybe it was a wrong thing because that was when they still had the 40 deuce, like, peep poops. So he's, like, basically saying, like, now go out there and have some fun, whatever, you know. So but God bless you. And everything. I won't say his name, even if the son is whatever. I still respect that. That was a good time and everything. But yeah. you think about the things that went behind that. Did he get those quarters willingly or unwillingly? We know it wasn't legally because mm-hmm. it was what it was and everything. And we went out and we had a good time. And as we're walking around, we probably were pretty safe because he had a you know he knew we weren't stupid. Right. So even at seventeen, so. He knew what we were going to go do with it. We we had transportation and all that other stuff and, and everything, but he was a good guy. And we used to have like conversations sometimes. And I could tell that he was psychologically testing to see exactly where you are, what you would do, what you wouldn't do in certain situations, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Now people always think that just because you give them answers that you're not hip to them, but that's the lesson of the slave. You sing in the fields and what you're singing about is the route to the route up north should you shake that shackle at night so if you if you don't understand that lesson that's a lesson that this generation definitely doesn't get that sometimes it's not it's better for you not to go to 100 right away hear what this motherfucker's saying you might actually learn something from that person let them hip you and everything but I never considered it because I knew that there was a lot of stuff that was going on. And even though I appreciated that evening and that fun and we had a good time and everything, we had a good time. I appreciated. I knew that probably behind that was an immoral act. And, you know, I'm the type of person that if I'm doing it, I want to do it by the book. I would be Chris Dooner. They wouldn't like me. I go on calls there might be eight people there and I need backup and shit and backup shows like 35 minutes later with donuts and coffee. Mm-hmm. That would have been me. They wouldn't have liked me. They wouldn't have liked me. So morally, it's morally, it doesn't fit. So I know as a person that despite the fact that you grow up, you could be a police or a fireman or whatever, you know, you with that idea that you want. I learned from watching them and learning from them that that wasn't a path that I was going to be able to take. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, being a fireman wasn't anything that I, uh, I didn't aspire to be a fireman. It's just something that kind of fell into my lap. Mm -hmm. And after it did, it turns out that I love it. Mm. Right. Um, but you, you know, when I do something, I don't want to just be one of the people that's doing it. Like I want to be one of the best people that's doing it. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So that's just kind of how I operate. But as, as human beings are becoming weaker, Mm. weaker mentally, weaker physically, weaker spiritually, um, weaker just with their internal constitution, Mm. their testicular fortitude. Mm. um, As we become weaker and weaker and weaker, the weaknesses in us take precedent over the strength in us. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get what you get because it's, it's easy. It's easy to do. It's easy to not go in. You feel mm-hmm. me? like it's firemen that, you know, you get to the front porch, you see that flame and they bail, mm-hmm. right? They, they don't, they never make the turn you know mm-hmm. they never make entry they never make the turn you see what i'm saying but you got to you have to be able to fight through that so the job of a firefighter really is to overcome the fear of fire mm. Th- that fear you see what i'm saying you got to yeah. overcome that fear every time that bell goes off yeah a police officer essentially has a, has a similar job yeah. mm-hmm. when the shit hit the fan and it don't hit the fan as often for police necessarily some Mm -hmm. police get it more some police get it way less but when it hits the fan for you as a police officer you got to swallow that fear and go do your job anyway Mm -hmm. if you're in the military same thing when the bell goes off Mm -hmm. you got to be ready Mm -hmm. to go in and do what you have to do regardless to the fear that you feel
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and people are not willing to do that anymore no people people are very willing to say you know what I got mine so I'm going to just keep what I got right here and, and I'm good
0: it was much easier for those 60 police officers that came onto the scene to come and wrestle down the parents who were standing in the street than to go in and find out what's going on and engage what I'm sure they knew at that point in time was just a single shooter just a single shooter mm-hmm. and they didn't want to put their they didn't want to put their cells on the line. So if you're living in that city, and my understanding is that that's one of the highly most highly policed cities in Texas. Per capita. They've got more police officers. It took the Texas Rangers, thank you, Texas Rangers, the Border Patrol, to come onto the scene. And when the Border Patrol came on the scene, about ninety minutes later it, it was over in like 10 minutes after that. They got tactical. Right. They got in there and they got him out and they, t- and they got him out of there, you know, however, he put him in a position where he felt like his only option was to take himself out at that point. So right. respect to those dudes, respect that's to that's those part. dudes.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's part of it too. You know, like, like you said, they had to the get tactical, there's some tactical <laughs> training, that there's some specialized training that goes into an an armed gunman with hostages kind of situation, Mm -hmm. even on making entry, Mm -hmm. right? even even when you make an entry in a situation like that. So if you got an armed shooter, if you got a shooter and if you happen to be there when it's first jumping off, let's say, so somebody's letting off and everybody starts running out the door, Mm -hmm. right? As the officer, tactically, that way out, is your way in. Mm-hmm. But you got to know how to slice that pie mm-hmm. because you can't just walk in and get your ass shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there, there's some things that go into, there's some things that go into making entry into those situations and for people to make it out alive.
0: Some of these things there's
1: that things that go into.
0: Some of those stories are, are like, they're just terrible. Like they're just terrible. And you know what? I don't want to talk about it anymore. Because it's not, even, it's not so much that it's troubling to me I haven't really taken it in that much It's one of these things where they're never going to change anything It's not going to change You got the same stuff already People oh it's not time to talk about it now You know what I'm saying Let's not politicize this Politicize, this ain't fucking politics This is fucking real world That motherfucker got shot over there And everything Where's the politics and everything? Were they wearing like blue like voting pins or red voting pins on their fucking lapels when they got shot? You know what I'm saying? This ain't, this ain't politics. This is like real life shit. And you got these wordsmiths out here like moving shit around and everything. Like it's actually something other than what it is. You know what I'm saying? What it is is some motherfucker went in there and he shot up a whole bunch of shit. Because he was mad at his grandma. And he was mad at all these different people. And your ass... Huh? Didn't he shoot
1: his grandma first? He
0: shot his grandma first, but she lived, though. He only winged her. He only winged her. So, and then he went in there and he did what he did. But these people, they're, they're just like... It's like the disconnect is just, like, crazy. It's discernment. What it comes down to is it's discernment. So, on one hand, you've got these... Six police officers First of all Anyone on that police force That didn't go in there And was on the scene If you get laid In the next two months You owe a piece of You need to be screaming out That one of those You need to memorize Those six officers' names And you need to thank them afterwards Because if any cop groupies Are giving you any booty Based upon you being a brave person it to them You know Will Chet Bill Tuck Right and Mustafa and everything because there's always a black guy who went in the military and became a, became a ranger and everything There's always one brother um they should be they should be getting all of it they should be getting all of it or if hey, who knows like you said 10% is like you know if Bill or chad is like popular with fred and whatever whoever else and everything right. he should be getting that they earn that shit they earn that respect and everything. The rest of y'all motherfuckers, y'all y'all just like, you just like, you're another gang and you're collecting money. You're just stealing from taxpayers. You're stealing from taxpayers and you're trying and you're keeping black people incarcerated. That's what the job is. That's what the job is, right. yo. So I want to lighten it up a little bit. I had one interaction. I'm tell you about my week. I have one interaction in the Blackout Coalition this week, online right, and right. Facebook, right? always It's always interesting. It's always funny. It's always so much fun. Because like some of them, they take it like so seriously, and they take themselves seriously. And I'm just like, I'm an old head. So it's like, if I come in and I jump in with something, it's either some shit I want to know or some shit I want to hip you to. You know what I'm saying? I ain't stressing right. your shit. I don't need y'all to instruct me. At this point in time in my life If I want want to ask some advice I'll call you Grant I'll call Rob You know what I'm saying I'll call, you know, Ming One of my numerous friends and associates That are accomplished people That I respect their opinions Because they're decent, moral, and quality people So, it was discussing something LGBTQ, it was like a post about Chick-fil-A And it was a couple of women that had posted up how, why they don't go to Chick-fil-A, because they support gay conversion therapy and they and all these different things that they support, they're anti-LGBTQ, whatever. So I told the story like I told y'all when I went down to Georgia, and it was the original Chick-fil-A, and you see, you smirking right now, you laughing because you're remembering the story. Because I went there and I was like, damn, everybody in here is like, they kind of sweet. It seems like one way or the other You know, it might have been some people that weren't Whatever, but it seemed like there was a high number And we are in the And that is like Georgia in the A That's that community So I was like, I just found it And I quoted, I was like I just found it funny That when I went down there It seemed like that was the thing So then some, this um, white person that's in the group Comes in and she's like What does that even mean? What is that? What, what do you mean? Like, you know, like, I'm a fucking, fucking 50-something-year-old man from New York. You understand what I'm saying? I've right. been in the village. I've worked with people. You know what I'm saying? I've hung out with people socially that were, either, that were open. You know what I'm saying? That were, that were out and everything. Right. It don't mean the same thing to me that it means to you. You know what I'm saying? Your shit is like, that's you. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little bit more evolved. And what I say by evolved is like, it goes back to this whole conversation discernment and everything. And we're going to get back to that. We're going to get back to that. So I was in a mood. And I had seen some other posts online because I basically I was, like, away from social media all, like, last week. And this is the one day I jumped on social media. And I I won't say I immediately regretted it because I had so much fun. It was, like, so much fun. You know me. I'm kind of an asshole. right? (laughs) Right? You know me. I'm kind of an asshole. I admit it. See, this is the part of the whole thing. I know it. I already know it. I could. I have that tendency. And sometimes I will let go whatever. So she put that up to you. And I'm like, you know, first of all, I'm like, what the fuck is she doing here with this whole conversation? Then I was like, the second thing I was like, okay. So then I, I put up a post and it was a post about how Margaret Sanger what was all about abortion and all this other stuff. It was like very controversial. I was like, I said something. But I was like, but since you're here, why don't you answer this? You know what I'm saying? How she was racist. Why don't you explain this for me? I don't need you on this right. topic. Let me ask you this and everything. And it just of course it just started a whole storm because you know, black people, they love the drama. You understand? They right. love the they love the scrap. So I'm in all these different conversations and this one person like came out, she ain't really have any of consequence. She couldn't do nothing but call you a name. And she don't so it's like you don't know anything. So it's like you can't argue the merits, so what do you do? You like argue. You just call somebody a name So finally it was like she was looking so stupid I was like look I said look I said this is my email I gave her the website email And everything send me an email You feel so confident about your point of view And everything I got a podcast We get like damn a thousand downloads a week Come on and right. we can talk about it You <laughs> know what I'm saying <laughs> uh, Ain't nobody gonna do that yeah, you'll never hear, Ain't nobody gonna do that <laughs> You know what I'm saying Like ah. Uh. Like, oh, that that's aggressive. But uh, I'm like, how are you going to tell me? How are you going to really tell me anything? And she's like, oh, and then somebody said in the comments, they were like, yeah, because they were all nice. So that's what he thought. I was like, how many gay people do you actually know? I was like, because they are not all nice. You know what I'm saying? It's like you said, one out of 10. One out of 10 people are possibly LGBTQ. Now, you're going to tell me that LGBTQ, everyone that's LGBTQ is nice? (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? I was like, how many people do you actually fucking know? And let me just break it down to you on a real serious level here. J. Edgar Hoover, who was a closet black man and a closet LGBTQ member, the man who was the architect for all of your black trouble and pain in this country he wrote the fucking book on how listen if you want to stop a nigga get a nigga to stop him. right right Call you him want to pro that's right it's cold Call that. yes mm-hmm. he's the original b you're not paying attention my whole point was like this listen i understand That you, and it wasn't even like it got even that deep because, like, I was kicking their asses. I was kicking their asses. It was like, there won't even, there wasn't no contents. But I'm not there to basically kick people's asses online. I'm trying to actually hit some of these people. My messages are not for these people that are actually putting the messages in, it's for everybody else that's reading it because I want them to understand and learn that if you do not pay attention to people, if you give them carte blanche based upon the fact that they are just black or white or lesbian or um, gay or from your hometown or whatever right. and everything, whatever they happen to be, whatever they happen to be, you may end up fucking dead. Cause you're not paying attention. People are assholes all over the world. And just because someone shares your sexual ideology or your color or your racial ideology Does not mean That they have your back You're gonna tell me that you would trust Uncle Timmy Scott and Clarence Thomas With all black issues Right You call me a fucking idiot And you would be right You'd be right Absolutely So that was my fun conversation For the week (laughs) Look
1: I know I know how uh I know how you are.
0: <laughs> I can
1: only imagine. I can only imagine what the conversation was.
0: Oh <laughs> and, my gosh!
1: And this is this is uh, like the people the people that listen. They don't. They haven't. They have an idea of who we are, but they really don't know. Nah. You know what I mean? Nah. And when when X says that he's an asshole, yes, a
0: thousand. Percent. <laughs> thousand. But. But when you're on my wrong side, know, when you get on my wrong side, listen, if I'm a gr- thousand
1: percent, I'm probably nine hundred percent. So, you know, <laughs> you know,
0: that's what it is. I
1: mean, look, that, it is what it is.
0: But you know what? Part of what makes us who we are, though, is the fact that you recognize the fact that you can be an asshole in certain situations. I recognize the fact that I, can be a, I don't have a problem with being viewed in a negative light in certain ways, because I'm comfortable with who I am. Y'all got to stop trying to be perfect too. You know what I'm saying? You're not perfect. People are not perfect. Don't listen to what, listen, the courthouse, the judge tells you you have to be a perfect person because that's their justification for giving you that sentence of three to five years for basically doing nothing, for something that you were steered into. You don't even realize that you've been brought to this place when you're standing in front of that judge waiting for that sentence a lot of times. There's some people in there, but like Gene says, when I was in the pokey, most of these people were like driving tickets and scoff lures and shit like that. Right. They get these charges put up against you, then all of a sudden you're a criminal. You know what I'm saying? You might have done a two-year bid and everything because you stole a bouquet of flowers.
1: Right. Yeah, you a thousand paper cuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You a thousand paper cut criminal. You ain't you ain't a real hardcore murderer or bank robber or no shit like that. You didn't fucking didn't show up to court 10 times.
0: Right. Right. And that's your and that's your big that makes you John Q Public Enemy number 1. You know, so that's right. what it is. So listen, I'm for all my people no matter where they land in the diaspora, no matter where they land, and the new sexual lexicon and everything. But recognize I'm not backing down off of my blackness for nobody. You feel me? At all. At you all. feel me? Because I'm black first. Because yeah. when people see me, that's what they see first. They don't ask what all that other stuff is. And I don't know what you do in your bedroom. I don't care. I was like, what are you, crazy? Like, you think that because of the type of sex that people have, it makes them happier? You know what I'm saying? What do you, like, they don't understand these people. They're senators right now that are sitting in Congress. Madison Cawthorn just lost his seat in Congress. He's out of there after this term, okay? And he was saying some of the worst things, putting some of the worst LGBTQ laws out there and it turns out in the end he's got pictures of him rubbing on men's pee pees hmm So that's your caucus too. When you talk about that, don't tell me like please don't tell me how to discern and how to keep myself safe as a black man who's existed in white spaces for a large majority of time in his life. Feel me? Yeah.
1: I do. I feel the same way. But as a black man, you kind of have to feel that way because the dominant culture is the white culture. Even though it's, even though it's stolen, even though it's weak, you know what I mean. Even though it's all of the negative things that it is, it's still the dominant culture. Yeah, you know what I mean. They pr- and they prey on the weak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, they they want to keep you weak. You know what I mean, which is why they feed you the bullshit that they feed you. They keep you, they they pacify you with certain things. They give you social media. They give you sports. They give you like all the things that they give us: alcohol, whatever, whatever. They give you these things to pacify you, keep you weak, so that they can continue to be on top.
0: Fool's gold. You
1: know, it's just that simple to them. We're we're nothing but offspring of an obsolete machine,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that obsolete machine is is slavery. Mhm. You know,
0: it's a machine that's broken. It's coming down to its um, last to on its last leg. It's probably doing its last like miles right now, yeah. and there's panic, and there's like mistrust, and there's a lot of uh, like misunderstanding. I was listening. I'm going to end this on a pri- on a positive note, or at least I'm going to try. It. Well, you know what? It's impossible to I'm end this on a positive note because there's a lot of bad things that are going on out here in the world today and a lot of people that are really not catching up. First of all, I said this week I was like born in trouble this show. I want to thank everybody that listens to this show, the people that picked up on the show yes, and listen to us every week and come back. I don't ask for subscribers. I don't even have my shit set up to get subscribers. So to me it's amazing that we probably have 10 or 15 subscribers or if we have more, I don't know where we where they're stored at, but for some reason We're getting so many listeners out there In the world, and I appreciate that I appreciate y'all, like, coming in I'm not doing this for money And although eventually, like, when I get ads Back on the show, somebody's gonna say, yeah, he's doing it For money, you know what I'm saying You can find fault with everything That's out there in the world today Anyone can find fault with anything But honestly, like, this show is about truth And that's why I really like doing This show, because, you know I was talking to Rob, like, last week And... The truth of the matter is nobody should really like no demographic necessarily should listen to the show because they think that we're on their side because we got smoke for everybody. We've hit every demographic. We've hit black men, white men, Hispanic men, um, LGBTQ. We've said bad things. We've said good things. We hit, you know, entertainers, everybody, everybody. But none of it is done with malice And that's the difference And part of like What we try to to Preach here on this show is that What they are is not what you are And what we are Is not what they are So it's Mm -hmm. like this is more like a reality check Once a week And the day that everybody Listens to my show For three or four weeks in a row And no one gets offended It's time to shut it down Right, right. And this is I coming mean, from my imperfect ass, cause I know yeah, you got You got to
1: break the eggs. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, people are people are highly sensitive, but I, I don't give a fuck about your sensitivities. That's,
0: <laughs> that's <not good. laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, nine hundred percent asshole. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Look, I mean. I, and it, it, it could just be my upbringing, you know. Whatever, whatever. People didn't really give a fuck about my feelings. Nah, you know. So I, I mean, I, I have I, I give no shits about your, your It's feelings.
0: it's not my job, honestly. If people were complaining about things that made sense, like living wage jobs. If people were, like, complaining and they could actually, like, see the patterns, all these patterns that we've laid out. We've had shows here. We've talked about the marshmallow experiment, about how that was used to shift our public education policy and our personal policy. We've had um, Black Lives Matter on the show. And, by the way, that's another thing. I think that I want to start a campaign to to drop the matter from Black Lives Matter. I think it should just be Black Lives. We don't have to tell people that we matter. I still feel that way. I think it's just such a stupid thing and everything. And if the movement is about black lives, then that's what the movement should be. That's what it should be called. And if somebody else wants to add in, you want to tell jokes with that and add in extra shit, um, that'll be up to you. And I see a lot of opportunity there to smack people back for having a problem with that and everything. That's another thing. And, um, we just here trying to we just here trying to get through our days and have our good times and laugh while we're still here enjoy each other while we stay while we're still here. I used to be able to just walk around the corner to your house and everything. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And we did that all the time.
0: All the time. All the time, you know, and it's good all the time. All the time. So, I guess that's it. There's always a lot of stuff that I miss on the shows, but I like having these one-on-one sessions whenever we have weeks when everybody can't show up. I loved having my show like last year when it was just me and you. I loved like having the show of me and just Gene. You know, we were cracking up and having a good time, right. and same thing with Rob. So I'm not going to say anything bad about you brothers right now because, Gene, I know you're sweating right now in California. So... <laughs> And Rob, Brothers
1: working right
0: now. Yep, yeah, and Rob, I know carrying that carrying that ball and chain that they get on you whenever you walk into the ballpark and everything. you he's the only person in professional and professional baseball that they make wear a ball and chain. I think we should get the NAACP on that. Bust, busting oh. up that shiffer robe. Busting up the shiffer robe and everything. Rob <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I, I always got to get Rob because I know he's going to come back later. He's going to say something smart, very personal. It's going to hurt me deeply and everything. So, <laughs> Are you laughing because you know I'm lying? No,
1: no. I know it to be true. Rob, Rob is an assassin, man.
0: Oh, that's, man.
1: That's, that's the thing. People don't, people don't understand about Rob. He's an assassin.
0: Very good at it. Very good at it. <laughs> but uh Born in Trouble. I think this is the eleventh episode from Detroit, Michigan, my brother, Mr. Grant Lancaster. That's right. That's right.
1: Always good to talk to
0: you, my brother. Ah oh, man, always great to talk to you, my brother. I, I still get chills and everything. And of course, from New York, myself. John X. I just had to give myself a round of applause because yeah, it is what it is and everything. Morning, yeah, man. Good so, peace. yes. You know, we're about to we're going into a three day weekend. You can celebrate the reason or you could just grill. I'm probably just going to grill. And mm-hmm. like, I'm going to say peace to everybody out there in, the, in this great big wild world born in trouble. Hope to see you soon. We got a lot of good features coming up. We're going to start the Tuesday talks up again and just keep a look out for us and everything. Born in trouble, peace.
1: Peace.